Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. If you have not, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight, where we have some amazing merch and plenty of other things for you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And as always, let's, you know, talk about what little news that there is going on with Halo, Microsoft, and all that right now. Um, yes, Halo Infinite is coming out. Never mind. It's coming out eventually? This was going to be our week for it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, you know, we would have had Infinite coming out very soon. We've got that pushback. But on the plus side, when you're hearing this, it's already out. But November 10th, we have the Xbox Series X, the Fridge... Coming out. Uh, two days later, on the 12th, we have the PlayStation that is too big for your house coming out. So we'll have, we'll have some fun aspects of those coming to you soon. Exactly. But yeah, we're still seeing that marketing push for Infinite. There's still no news. I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of rumors where people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's been confirmed. It's coming. It, it's finished. It's coming out here soon. Until, you know, Alex and I were just discussing this until we get a release date the ability to do pre-orders, all of this stuff. Like, we can't just definitively say we're getting it soon. But now, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of today's episode. We are coming back to Halo 5, and we are going to be wrapping up our coverage of it with Halo 5 Part 2. And we're going to be picking up where we left off, starting with multiplayer. Yeah, and, and ambitions were high regarding this multiplayer. You know, with Halo 5 being the biggest investment in, one, pretty much capital at this point, but two in multiplayer that we've seen in the franchise thus far. Having to compete with the releases of Fallout 4, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Destiny the Taken King, and other large titles, Halo 5 needed to stand out. 343 Industries wanted to prove themselves by having a seamless drop-in, drop-out online cooperative gameplay with dedicated servers, which is huge. Classic game modes like Slayer, Team Slayer, Capture the Flag, and others would be included in this multiplayer, but Big Team Battle was not there at release, it would be mm -hmm. added in later on because they said, who likes big team battle? And everyone raised their hand. And so they put it back in the game. <laughs> you know, because when they asked, they were like, why is this not here? And they're like, we thought you know like big. <laughs> and that was, that was actually quote. Verbatim. <laughs> that, was, that was verbatim. From Master Chief himself came out and said that. But multiplayer designer Quinn DeHoyo said, 
quote, Big Team Battle will have its own matchmaking playlist when it launches. We're crafting all new maps that are designed from the ground up to cater to BTB. These will include a healthy mix of infantry and vehicle combat that Big Team Battle is known for. The starting weapons would include the assault rifle and magnum, while the battle rifle and other weapons would be spread throughout the map to encourage roaming during games. There would be new game modes as well, Breakout and Warzone. Inspired by Halo Wars, Warzone would allow a 12-on-12 experience on maps three to four times the size of previous maps in the Halo universe, consisting of base assaults and boss encounters with the capability to host five-on-five scorpion battles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and preparing for Halo 5's multiplayer, 343 Industry looked at all available data from Halo multiplayer going back all the way to Halo 2. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately... Certain Affinity, who had been working on the Halo multiplayer since Halo 2, would not return for the multiplayer for Halo 5. Which, Unfortunately not. Yeah, which I think, and I don't think as a bad way, but it, you see it. You really do. You do. You see the change. And and I think 343 kind of knew that, and they wanted to take their own direction on it. Because mm-hmm. you have Max Hoberman down there, you know, with Certain Affinity, who's been, you know, part of the Halo franchise. And yes. then creates his own thing. So he kind of knew his way and what the fans wanted. But once again... Coming off of Halo 4, 3 for 3 is like, we need that Hail Mary pass, so let's try something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they would develop a new ranking system that would assure fair competitive matches as well. 343 Industries would bring in pro players Sean Dursky Swiderski, Mason Neighbor Cobb, Michael Strongside Kavanaugh, and many more as a core team to constantly playtest the game on site, exploit all its flaws, and even give their feedback. Not as designers, but as fans. The day after testing, the pro team would sit down with developers and watch films from the previous game testing session to discuss the progress of multiplayer thus far in order to create the most iconic Halo multiplayer yet. They referred to this team as the 343 Avengers. And Quinn Del Hoyo had this to say about it. Quote, the thing that I think sets Halo multiplayer aside from all the other games is the iconic Halo dance. If someone gets the jump on me, I feel like I can turn around and we can all have a really good engagement. I love how you can use level design to your advantages and create a better sense of strategy within the game. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that quote. Like, I, I get it. I get. It's, Why would he say it then, Alex? It's having shields. <laughs> so, like, as opposed to some of your other shooters, you do have that opportunity to kind of, like, turn around, defend yourself, and have an engagement. Mm-hmm. I've never felt in Halo that I've used the terrain to my, like, like cover. Like, yeah, I've used, like, a, a, a jump boost or something like that, but I've never been, like, good. I'm glad I had this wall to go and crouch behind, reload while bullets spray over my head. It's just such a weird... The only thing I think of is when you get shot once with a sniper rifle, it doesn't take you out immediately. So you just hide, shields are back, and then that's it. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> as much as you can talk about with that. Uh, but perhaps the most controversial addition to Halo 5's multiplayer, minus the lack of vote or veto systems, which, you know, that kind of goes either way, whether you're the lazy player and just goes, man, just do whatever, or if you like you really wanted to play a certain level. Um, it was the new system of microtransactions in the form of rec packs. Rec packs include access to weapons, armor, vehicles, power-ups, and more for multiplayer, especially in Warzone. It was planned for after the game's release that hundreds of new skins, armor, weapons, visors, and emblems would come to the rec system. And we, we see this, like we said, especially in Warzone, because as you get these rec packs, which you get stuff from like logging in, leveling up, mm-hmm. completing certain tasks, you know, and then from, from bronze, silver to gold, it allows access to quote unquote 
purchase or use a card to access a weapon within the game. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've played Warzone a lot, and it's you can use it for vehicles, like you said, power-ups, and it's nice. And you have to, un, like, I think it's called, you have to get, like, a service record on it, or, or like, if you get certified to mm-hmm. use it, and that's how you find them, then you can eventually start acquiring them. It's an interesting idea, and I think in the aspect of Warzone, it works. I just don't think so on the arena side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 343 Industries wanted to do microtransactions right you know that's what they said it's this was kind of the era of just dump them into everything and see kind of what sticks Mm -hmm. you know like is it taking full advantage is it something that enhances the gameplay or just cosmetics you know and so this they're trying to get a little bit of it all yeah They, they didn't want the players with the biggest pockets to win that's why only certain weapons and vehicles in Warzone can only be obtained around the end of the game and no rec item will be purchased exclusively Furthermore, a portion of the money used to purchase rec packs go towards supporting the Halo 5 esports scenes prize pool. Mm-hmm. And 343 Industries also wanted to be very open with their community and develop an API app that allowed developers to put Halo 5 stats on their weapons. So, you know, this is really where they want to get into that hardcore multiplayer aspect. Yes. They don't want pay to win, they still want you to pay, but they also want, you know, like streamers. You know, all these people to be able to run these overlays to be able to see the stats and see what's going on. And, and these stats would include, you know, service records, so life-to-date stats for each player, match history, access to each match played, and carnage report, complete statistical breakdown for each player in a match. And, you know, having these APIs that within the game itself to, like, actually see so much more in your service record, I think really kind of push those hardcore gamers to keep ranking up hitting those like milestones in their own mind mm-hmm. of their kd and all this other stuff so they they definitely had tried with it and there's like i said this halo 5 was their push into we are a hardcore esports game yes now let's move on to armor customization in halo 5 so it would feature more customization compared to halo 2 anniversary but less than halo 4 The main three components for the armor customization would be the helmet, the armor itself, and the visor. Armor pieces such as the legs, wrist, and shoulders would be determined by that armor picked. Canonically, the armor in the game is based on the Gen 2 Mjolnir-powered assault armor, but something that fans did want to return but unfortunately didn't was playable elites. No, no one wanted that. (laughs) Plenty of people want Mm, that. Nope. I at least want it, but mm, yep. <laughs> but different armor could be unlocked by either completing achievements, watching Halo Nightfall, watching the Halo World Championship Series, joining Spartan companies, or buying rec packs and standalone purchasable items. Most sets of armor had multiple variations that shifted the colors and the shapes around them. So we did have, I will say this, as, as limited as the customization is itself, we did have over 200 armor sets for this game, which is, in my opinion, just huge. And, you know, it does help with having these rec packs where you can obtain a lot of this stuff and having, you know, as Alex had said, you know, watching Nightfall or or, or, or doing, you know, any kind of other tasks that are going to allow you to get some of these armors themselves. But we do have, like, a laundry list of them coming, you know, starting from, like, legendary ones like Achilles to also having... You know, notable ones like Air Assault and, and going through with like ones like Deadeye Decimator to the Timmy one, the Timmy armor set, even the Tracer. Like, as I said, we, there's over 200 total. So 
just the possibilities of what you can do with these armor sets is, you know, have definitely make your Spartan extremely unique. We also have Spartan stances as well that were introduced in Halo 4 that would return to Halo 5 to help players create their original Spartan. And, you know, like armors, a lot of these stances were unlocked through rec packs as well. Yeah, yeah, they all were. Because mm-hmm. um, you started with your just original one, but you had another 21 to unlock to go through to kind of customize it as the, you know you had your aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Spartan Companies. Spartan Companies are a clan-based system that allows individuals to create or join a group of players, so basically a clan. Maxing out at 100 players, a company can have customizable names, mottos, banners, emblems, bios, social media, and favorite Halo games. Because, you know, that's a big thing to sell. The members <laughs> also have access to a private Halo Waypoint forum where they communicate, as well as viewing collective stats for the company. Companies have their own accommodations that are specific to them and are divided into three categories, kills, assists, and game modes. As of December 2015, nearly 30,000 Spartan companies had been created. A few months later, a special helmet and armor was rumored to be obtained by participating in a company. In March of 2016, 343 Industries received complaints of unfair farming in Warzone to try and acquire the Achilles set of armor. Community manager Andy Dadinsky was able to show statistics proving that the farming was not detrimental to gameplay, but promised to include minor adjustments in order to appease players' concerns. By mid-2016, several companies had unlocked the Achilles armor. Which, uh, I... It was a huge issue. I remember when when the whole farming thing happened Ooh. with Warzone. Who cares? I'm not. I'm not saying like it's armor. It's not like you're going to do like compete for world championship. You're getting an armor set. Yeah, and they did it unfairly, Alex. How dare they? Boo! Who you're playing the <laughs> damn game? But let's move on to game types in Halo 5. You know, kind of the new ones they they implemented. So we're gonna start with Warzone. So Warzone is the newest game type from 343 Industries Halo 5, supporting up to two teams with 24 players and an abundance of Covenant and Promethean AI on the map. There are three types of Warzone featured in the game, Warzone, Warzone Assault, and Warzone Firefight. Warzone would feature maps three to four times bigger than any previous map in Halo before. Even though the maps are large, they were designed so the player wouldn't feel like they would run from one end to the other without seeing any action of the bases. Even up to 20 Banshees could be on the map. I I will say there have been plenty of times where you spawn on one end of the map and all the action is going on literally the other side, so you're just... Sprint across trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. But a team wins a game of Warzone after accumulating 1,000 points, which can be done by killing members of the enemy team or capturing all three bases along the map and destroying the enemy's team core, which is located in their respective base. The lore behind Warzone is that they are a part of war games in Spartan training simulations, which is why Spartan Commander Palmer replaces the usual arena multiplayer announcer. The match begins with both teams being dropped into their bases by a pelican, where they are greeted by a friendly group of AI-controlled marines. Throughout the map, there are armories and garages available to be captured, allowing teams to access stronger weapons and vehicles with requisitions. Usable requisitions are determined by energy level, which slowly grows as the game progresses. Players can use rec cards that they have accumulated from leveling up or buying rec packs outside of the current game. When a player chooses a rec card to use, they respawn with that weapon, vehicle, or power-up. The stronger the item, the more energy level is needed to use. For extra points throughout the game, there are legendary bosses as well as some heroic 
many are bosses that can be defeated. Many include notable characters from Halo lore. Most have special weapons or vehicles, along with increased health in order to not die as easily to the 12 or, you know, 24 players, depending on the game mode. There have been 11 legendary bosses in regular Warzone, as they call it. Uh, we have a total of five from the Covenant side and a total of six from the Promethean side. The AI used in Warzone is the same AI in the campaign. The game type is everything in the Halo 5 sandbox all in one place. Warzone maps were so advanced that some walls and barricades were even breakable by using the new shoulder charge ability. <laughs> wow. We're getting to modern gaming of 1985. Modern versions of the Mongoose were included as well as other new armor abilities and the Phaeton, the flying vehicle equivalent of the Forerunner. So they're, they're kind of like little flying mm-hmm. disc thing. One thing we, we, we really wouldn't see, though, you know, even though we're getting all this new content, mm-hmm. is the loadout aspect from Halo Reach and Halo 4 of their Spartan abilities. And this was really to give more of an equal playing field to players yeah. so that... I mean, you do need armor locks, best thing in Halo. Um, <laughs> but but not bringing those back gave, like like we were saying, like a more open play field, a more equal one, depending on your play style. And just to make sure that you didn't have that, mm-hmm. where like you just have someone armor lock a wraith and it blows up and silly things like that. So they definitely wanted to make sure that it was a more balanced aspect to the game. Mm-hmm. 343 Industries wanted to make a game type that reflected battles in Halo books and Halo Wars as well. And, like, you know, they they had even talked about, like, the Alamo in real life. Like, that's kind of what they were referring this to. But, yeah, so all three of those were huge sources of inspiration, including the Alamo. Listen, I don't know why. Listen, when you're talking about historical events, you know, World War II, American Civil War, D-Day. You know what I think of? The Battle of the Alamo. <laughs> you know why? Texas. <laughs> 343 Industries would even look at particular MOBAs for inspiration as well, considering they wanted to bring in some of the MOBA audience. Yes, because at this time, like, you still had um, League of Legends. You had Here's the Storm, I believe, at this point, maybe. We had plenty of other Smite that were out there. Mm-hmm. And, and and it was that arena-style combat where you get to level up your character. You know, you get to kind of have better perks or, you know, some of them could have different weaponry in a way depending on like what path you went down so mm-hmm. you could see three for three really wanting to bring that audience over of like constantly having this quote-unquote level up system yeah through the energy to kind of get the edge or to have an aspect mm-hmm. of that yeah designer kevin franklin felt that if you had played a moba you'd be comfortable in warzone the first tease of Warzone would be on IGN forums when a player asked producer Josh Holmes if Invasion would return. He'd state it wasn't going to return, but something much bigger is coming for the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Later, after the reveal of Warzone, Holmes was asked about the return of Big Team Battle on Twitter, and he would defer to Warzone being its replacement. Warzone took three years to develop from start to finish. It started with a 4v4 prototype and weeks of trying to get AI to defend a flag. Once an AI system was complete, they decided to make it a 24-player mode. Mm-hmm. Warzone itself was built from a laundry list of fans' requests taken from Halo forms, but seemed to have, you know, fallen, lost in translation, you know, from pen to screen, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to kind of get that translation going. Holmes himself admitted that Halo 4 fell short when it came to the multiplayer. Due to trying to cram together social and casual players and, you know, trying to get something 
Yeah. In a way. They tried this again, but this time as Warzone. Mm-hmm. Large-scale arenas that would be, you know, fun and chaotic. Mm-hmm. And once again, what Big Team Battle was. And that's why Holmes, you're getting them knocks on your door, your email door, saying, <laughs> hey, where's Big Team? I want that chaos. <laughs> I want to be able to have 30 vehicles going. What is this? And he goes, yeah. Homie, I got you. <laughs> Warzone. But that's not what we wanted. Yes, it is. Warzone. Warzone. You know, but Holmes, he admitted, though, that this was also a mistake. Yes. You know, he he's basically it shouldn't have been tailored to casual and hardcore players. And, yeah. you know, we, we see this at the same time when we're talking about a Destiny. You know, Destiny was, was, you know, a game. It was a game made by a little <laughs> studio named Bungie that was really trying to, to, to do this as well. Mm-hmm. How do you fit casual players in? How do you fit hardcore players in? How do you f- you know fit in that one-hour weekend warriors type thing? Mm-hmm. How does yeah. that work? And so they did pretty well. However, on this end, when you're trying to cram that all into just a game mode, not in a game itself, yeah, it, it makes it tough. And it makes you know that, that sweaty tryhard being like, I'm the best of 24 versus you know Joe Schmo, who's got two kids and can play a couple hours in the weekend, is like, wow, this is fun. I love dying immediately. <laughs> you, you know, you have both those aspects. And even though, even though in arena, like your, your traditional multiplayer, mm-hmm. they really did well with the matchmaking aspect of, of skill rank. Yeah. And here it was a little bit more flexible, a little more fluid, because this was more of a, oh, this is just a fun, this is like a fun thing. It's like an arcade mode. Mm-hmm. You know, so they didn't really t- worry too much about it. So that's really where this and the ruckus brought the big team battle back. And that's why they're like, we made custom maps for it. JK, they're kind of worse for this, but here's your big team maps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that's really where we're seeing a lot of this aspect go. Was It was, once again, I, I, I applaud them mm-hmm. for, for going to the forums, asking fans, what is that you want? And, you know, I, I think it was that, like, aspect of, like, man, we would love to have, like, 100 versus 100. Like, we'd love to have, like, big scale battle stuff. And, and in the end, they did do something like it. It's just tough trying to get a group of all kind of like-minded, like-skilled players. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to Warzone Firefight. In 2016, 343 Industries would give Halo fans what they wanted. Sort of. Warzone Firefight would make its way to Halo 5, giving fans wave after wave of enemies. This new Firefight mode would still utilize the use of Rex throughout the tiers of a match, and would still take place on a large-scale map, but the new maps were made for this mode specifically. 343 Industries would hold a beta for the new Warzone Firefight just for a couple days, but after a rocky start with the first day of the beta, they would extend it to make it up for the fans. Mm Overall, 343's version of Firefight has been met with some mixed reviews. Yeah, it's, it's you know, again, one of those game modes that I know you and I play a bit more mm-hmm. just because I know we jumped into OG Warzone. And it was, once again, I'm a weekend warrior when it comes to Halo. Mm-hmm. Like, I was hardcore as a kid, and now it's more like I, I dabble. So jumping into those matches, I'm like, man, I, I'm not a big fan of just dying and dying and dying and and like the enemies and especially the bosses you know just essentially being like raid bosses and bullet sponges yeah but you're against opponents as well like it was it was a, it was a yeah. tough thing and i really enjoyed the firefight aspect more mm-hmm. now, now granted i think it does not deserve the title of firefight no uh, that was reserved for you know odst and i guess reach 
Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, that's what I love, which is more of that Gears of War kind of quote-unquote tower defense aspect of staying in kind of one area and kind of using the map to your advantage, whether mm. you want to be like in a sniper nest or, you know, like in a small area to kind of defend. That's what I liked. This was odd and it made you move around mm-hmm. and and tried to kind of tell a story, like a minimalist story of like mm-hmm. you were at this thing, there's Covenant, but also there's Prometheans. Yeah. There's your story. <laughs> <laughs> and And so... You know, I, I think it still did well, especially having, I think the rec packs were an interesting aspect to it mm-hmm. to add it in there and to give the player, I guess, a feel that they're accomplishing something. It scratched a little bit of an itch, you know, but. Yeah, it, it definitely t- held people over and tied mm-hmm. people over. Mm-hmm. And and we see that. But I mean, overall, overall, it's okay. And in the end, you know, we did have 33 legendary bosses mm-hmm. that, that, would, that would come down with 12 mythic bosses appearing after the takedown of the legendary boss. Uh-oh. And on the Covenant, you know, to jump in, we had plenty of them, but, you know, we had, you know, like Hunter Elders, Tankmaster, ugh. <laughs> uh, Swarm Lord, Nagabalagalit, uh, Swarm Lord, Makapagatugadagalagalini. Okay, here's it. Swarm Lord, Maxagnarlognunglog. And Swarmlord, Mektangognignoy, and Hunter Devastator. You think that he was kind of joking, but I mean, that was no, pretty No, and I was not on. trying to slur anything. That's, <laughs> that's what the, those names were. That's what these names are. But even with Prometheans, uh, we had the Warden Eternal show up again. Like the Knight Preliator, uh, the Knight Se- the Knight Secatator, Knight Ortus, and Knight Bellator. That sounds like they're all from Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, we had more in there. And, you know, we obviously had our grunt buddies. Oh, yes. And Coming then you, back. you even had warlords that were in, or your bosses that were in Phaetons and in some of like the Banshees yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you had grunts like Noop Nop Neep Nop and <laughs> Sloop Slop Sleep Slop, <laughs> which are probably. <laughs> you can tell I really enjoyed Halo 5. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 good. I mean, overall, I, I get the attempt, you know, with the Legolos, you know, having the Hunter bosses was neat because that's when you could fight multiples of them. They were like mm-hmm. big green boys. I, I get the idea of it, and it was it was cool uh, to an essence. I really think that they were, and I could be wrong. This could be a coincidence. They were starting to borrow a little bit more from from Destiny. Oh with yeah. This stuff. Oh, and they also had Grunt, uh, Peep Pop, Peep Porp. He was also there. <laughs> Fun. Their names are essentially when you just take a pan and just beat it against your stove. Yep. Yep. yep nope. Peep Pop. Hoop. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but we, do, you know, we did have uh, infection as well. Yeah. So, so, so off of Warzone for a minute, <laughs> off off of my my dirty, dirty Halo Five soapbox. <laughs> let's get into some more game modes. And like Jesse said, we do get infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, Halo Four featured, you know, the new flood mode, which was met with mixed reviews. Three for Three Industries would, you know, bring back the infection mode by popular demand to Halo Five. So this time it's just. It's no flood like we had in Halo 4. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was traditional zombies, you know? I don't know. I mixed with that. I think Halo 4, one of the favorite aspects they brought was the infected Spartans. Yeah, I think, and they did that with, with Halo 2 Anniversary yes. as well. I think, but I think in this this case, they were trying to pull like the nostalgic 
crowd a little bit. Eh, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying it's good. I or guess bad. you could you could say lore wise, they're just like, okay, you're green Spartan now, so <laughs> you're zombie. You did get that cool black and green sword though. Yeah, don't so. get, yeah, they they did well with some of those aspects mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and and it was released with the memories of Reach uh, update. Yeah, so so that was definitely added with the aspect of it, mm-hmm. and we also had Breakout. Breakout uh, basically consisted of. You know, where you had one life, no respawn. So each player mm-hmm. would come in, got that one real life. There's no respawns in real life. <laughs> got that one life. Uh, and the match starts with each player being launched into the map at the same time to create equality and equity for all players. By doing so, the developers felt this would become one of the most popular game modes for both casual and competitive players. The objective of the game is to either eliminate the enemy team or to capture the flag at the center of the map. Let me tell you... It's a mode. <laughs> the most popular mode ever. Where's Big Team Battle? <laughs> <laughs> so look, we we so we we improved infection, but we liked the flood. We also have breakout. Where's Big Team Battle? Haven't you seen Hunger Games? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm giving a bunch of crap over to them, but I like the innovation. I like the mm-hmm. idea of it. This like I think is is the closest they got to some form of you know, like they're like, hey, Fortnite. You know, like that's like the closest aspect of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going for it, but it's the closest we're getting of a battle royale mode in a way. Yeah, like it's it's a they taking the subtle uh, ideas from it essentially. Yeah, and then Fortnite copied that. Which, but before that, Halo copied Dead Rising on the aspect <laughs> of uh, you know launching things uh, of of just everything of just everything some might say but you know a little, little fun fact on the side of that some three four three industry multiplayer designers would end up playing paintball in order to help design Breakout yeah they they I, uh, to, to interrupt real quick I think that was more of an excuse to just go play paintball <laughs> they did they designed their paintball course like the same as like a Breakout map Microsoft hey um, we're we're stuck. Um, doing this Halo thing, we need to go play paintball uh, for about seven days straight um, in order to uh, you know really take care of this. Also, here's our laundry list of things you need to buy for us. Thank you. <laughs> See ya. Incredible. But let's move on really quickly to achievements. So there are a total of 73 achievements in Halo 5 worth a total of 1,250 gamer score. And of course, you you have your standard ones as always, you know, complete all the missions, you know, 1 through 15, and even, like, you know, have Gravedigger, find and, and claim a skull, mm. and then the, the standard ones, you know, Legacy, Heroes Rise, and whatnot, where it's, like, complete every mission on the game with normal, heroic, and legendary. Yeah, and then you had your ones, I believe that 4 added, I may be wrong, but stuff of, like, you know, spectate a match, create and save a custom game, change your service tag. So it's it's all those achievements of just really accessing the menus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stuff that was specific towards this. You know, use a rec pack that cost five or more. Mm-hmm. You know, pushing that war zone aspect of it. And then, you know, you always had your 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 fun, your fun ones, some might say. Kraken, which is completed enemy lines without destroying a Kraken turret. Uh, now, here's my issue with that one. That was never said in the game. If Kraken was a line said in the game, and Steve Downs went, <laughs> Cortana, I'm coming for you. I'm getting Kraken. <laughs> with no context as to what the Kraken truly is. No, no. Uh, <laughs> here's, last tangent. I want Infinite now. To have these style lines in it, 
and I want it to be like, oh, this is the title of that movie for every achievement. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the simple things in life. But but you also had some more challenging ones as well, like Prison Break, which is simultaneously kill two wardens in the breaking on heroic difficulty. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm glad that they added some of that in there that made it an achievement, not mm-hmm. just a grind. It's like a thing you had to try a bunch and a bunch. Mm-hmm. Not sustainably to get a score, but to be like, I got to do this thing. So yeah, I, I really yeah. like that aspect. Like, I have this achievement. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you also had, uh, uh, like, uh, Icy Cool, which is use a ground pound on an exterior power core and guardians on heroic difficulty. So even just some, like, kind of easier ones like that as well. But you also had, like, Valor Recognized, which is qualified for a competitive skill rating mm-hmm. or even drop a quarter. Complete a mission in score attack with at least 10,000 points. Yeah, so once again, I think all these achievements are very doable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just time, luck, and, and really just getting to know the game. So I, I think overall they were really fair with these because I know that there's some games out there, especially older games that would just have like play for 40,000 hours, 10 mm-hmm. gamer score. So, so <laughs> you know, 343 did really well putting these achievements together to make the player feel like they are accomplishing something mm-hmm. while also just playing through the game. Yeah. Now we're moving on to maps. The game would launch with over 20 maps ready to play with plans to release an additional 15 six months after launch. 343 Industries also decided to start incorporating fan-made maps into the multiplayer as well. And remember, a lot of these maps we were getting through updates, which were free. So, you know, like, uh, all essentially just DLC expansions, but because we did have rec packs that were kind of able to compensate for, you know, releasing those for free, it kind of all worked out. But the first map we have is Breakout Arena. The broadcast of breakout matches has proven immensely popular with UNSC Infinity Crew, which, you know, this comes in a, in a variety of maps, which you have, like, Altitude, Crossfire, Gamble, Trench, and 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 trident. Well, because this was kind of like just a base forge map, mm-hmm. if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so you know the standard one. You know the map is set in a training arena with a holographic floor in an orbit above Earth. It is intended primarily for the creation of maps used in the breakout game mode, and is the basis for all breakout maps included the base game. You know, mm-hmm. as we had said. Then you have Coliseum. Forerunner warrior servants tested themselves in this arena before facing the flood. Voice number one. <laughs> <laughs> this map is set on a Forerunner facility where the Forerunner Flood War began. Ooh. You recommended for some Sawat and some Katufa game types, or Capture the Flag, as some might say. Um, and at each base, there's a robot under them that disappears when the player gets too close. Uh-oh. Next, we have Eden. Only now, years after the Human Covenant War, do many Andesian citizens feel secure enough to return to the Metroplex centers? Dude, that was a good voice, too. I couldn't tell the difference between the first one you did and that one. That was solid. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. I'm being very sarcastic. Continue on. (laughs) I'm not a voice guy. Uh Uh-huh. The map is set in an AMG transport dynamic shipping and storage facility inside Noctus, the capital city of Andesia. You know, so this map recommends eight players either playing Slayer or Stronghold game types. And in this map, it includes pillars that, when shot, will raise the player up into the upper catwalks, as well as the trio of other platforms on the outer edge of the map that regularly raise and lower when shot. So you got your own little complicated elevator. We also have Empire. 
military industrial concerns that power the UNSC war machine are primary targets for insurrection factions. <laughs> this map is set also in a transport facility um, on Andesia. The map is based on the first location where the Spartan 2 program was openly used to quell an insurrection uprising. This map is the remix of the map Eden. Looking to play some Slayer, some Pew Pews, with some eight friends. <laughs> Next, we have Fathom. The UNSC explores Beta Gabriel's vast oceans in hopes of recovering wreckage hidden in the crushing depths. I want I want votes at the I want votes in chats or not chat I'm used to Twitch now I want votes in the comments everywhere who's got better voices Well I'm try I'm trying oh, I like I'm it trying. No I I'm encouraging I'm it I'm encouraging it This map is set on board the research station UNSC Fathom deep in the oceans of human inner city colony planet Beta Gabriel This map is a remix of Riptide uh, The map recommends you know Slayer Capture the Flag SWAT and FFA game types that, you know, require roughly six to eight players. Now, several sea creatures like the Palasur and the Quothol, known as space whales, can be seen swimming outside of the map. One of the Palasurs is named Timmy the Whale by creative lead Tim Longo. Long live Frank. <laughs> yeah. who May, who his, may his reign <laughs> be good. <laughs> Timmy the Whale. <laughs> do you not know your roots, 343? Yeah, do you know what Tim Longo has right now? Hmm. Regret, which is our next map. <laughs> Artifacts collected from across Alpha Halo remain concealed within the undiminished etilichies. That's a word. Shattered hull. This map is set on the Covenant ship Undiminished Etelichi? Etelichi? Something like that. Within the fleet of particular justice. I love it. Parti not all justice, just this particular justice <laughs> that crashed on Halo Installation 04. The map started as Truth, but became you know a remixed version of it. Mm -hmm. The map recommends Pew Pew Slayer and Stronghold game type for about eight people. The original design of the Truth remix was to turn the map's geometry upside down, and the central structure is crawling with large insects resembling Japanese beetles. Gross. Yummy. Next, we have the rig. Humanity's ravenous engines of industry require salvaging vast amounts of rare metals from Meridian's vertified surface. Is that good enough? That was perfect. <laughs> that was good. This map is set on Liang Dortmund's mining platform on the colony of Meridian, and it's it's a remix of Molten. Uh, it you know re recommends eight players playing either Slayer, Strongholds, FFA, or SWAT game types. Fuffa. Fuffa, and an Easter egg can be activated that shows a sand monster devouring a mining platform in the distance, possibly being a reference to Doom. Mm, or Tremors. Or Tremors, this is true. Or that, that episode of The Mandalorian that just came out recently. Spoiler. I mean, it's not that much a spoiler. Spoiler for the sandworms <laughs> out there. <laughs> to trigger the Easter egg, the platform is in the center of the pit. Uh, of the map and it must be broken you know you can use a ground pound to do so which will then raise two explosive cores from their cowlings on the perimeter of the map when you destroy both of these cores you can watch that mining platform you know off in the sunset be destroyed which I do like little things like this that they incorporated it gives me Dang. those Halo 3 easter egg it really does vibes. and also hashtag easter egg walkthrough <laughs> <laughs> which is the truth our next map Augers aboard the undiminished Etelichi, that ship again, sought to unlock the ring's holiest secrets 
from this control center. This map is set aboard the undiminished Atelogy, a covenant ship in the Seoli system, with installation 04 and threshold visible in the background. The ship is pursuing the Pillar of Autumn. Oh. Fun fact. This map is a remake of Midship from Halo 2, the best ship. And it is a remixed version of the map of regret. So it's so midship regret. So it's kind mm-hmm. of just following that trend of it, kind of taking bits and pieces from each of them. This re- map recommends lasers, which is a great thing to have on this map. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a slayer, catch the flag, and free for all. Up to eight players and hashtag Easter egg walkthrough. By standing near one of the holographic panels on the map, one can see a holographic projection of the profit of stewardship. Mm. I like that guy. Yeah. Good guy. Always got a mint for you. <laughs> now we're on to Warzone maps. And the first one we have is Escape from the Ark. And the first one we have is Escape from the Ark. Scientists flock to this forerunner excavation in search of new beginnings. What they unearth will lead to their inevitable end. I kind of sound like a Dragon Ball Z tournament announcer there. You just sounded louder. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> this, so this map is set in the Human Alluvian Research Center mining facility in an ocean on Alluvian. The map recommends Warzone game types, of course, with 24 players. And during the early stages of development, this map was originally called Escape from Cantor Landing. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. Next we have Dispatch. I say, I say, I say, Alluvian's one dark seas will soon claim secrets. The Ark, or ARC, I do declare, could not uncover in time. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this map is a remix of Escape from Ark. So obviously we already put a map out. Let's redo it. Let's just switch things around. So switch it up. And the three bases on the map are the East Armory. The West Armory. Ba-bow. He's actually pointing, folks. Mm-hmm. And the garage. Or the mm-hmm. garage. Next, we have March on Stormbreak. The Stormbreak Mountain Range is the broken spine of Kamchatka, mended a thousand millennia ago with Forerunner's godlike powers. So mm. this map is set on a UNSC military complex and power station built in the Stormbreak Mountain Range of Kamchatka. The variant of this map is Summit. Do you get it? Because it's a mountain. <laughs> You know, like the last one, there are three bases, you know, the West Armory, the East Armory, and the Fortress. And the legendary boss on this map is everyone's favorite character in Halo of all time, the Warden Eternal. And of course, I can't let you go away without knowing the flavor text of Summit. (laughs) The half-real spaces in the heart of Kamchatka slowly turn over the large... The long march of eons bent towards great works devised by long-dead dreamers. Yeah, it's a variant of Stormbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Raid on Apex 7. You know, this broken ring is a symbol of discovery that shook the galaxy and changed the course of both human and covenant destiny. So it's set on an undisclosed installation near its high-value research archives, and it's a, a variant of the map Array. And, you know, this map is the only Warzone map where the Marines that spawn with you can ride in your vehicles for whatever reason. It's because we need it. Um, and as Jesse said, we have Array. Halo erases 100 billion possibilities to destroy a single inevitability. Like you said, variant of, of, of Apex 7. Yeah. That's what we got for you. I'm having with these voices. I'm having... Oh, but but sorry, sorry. Let me tell you about the bases real quick. Because 343, if anything, um, I love their flavor text because it's really uninteresting. And I also love how they name bases because I don't know if there's a more bland way to do it. We have, brace yourself, first base, second base, 
Oh, it's changed. Nope, third base. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be fourth. Damn it! No, that would be, that would be funnier, but uh, alas, <laughs> there is none of that in this game. But yeah, so now let's talk about you know kind of like the updates and DLCs. You know, as we had mentioned earlier, they released all of the DLCs for free, yes. and they also did this so it wouldn't divide the multiplayer. They wanted everyone playing the same maps. And our first DLC, Dilch, 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 uh, was released on November eighteenth, twenty fifteen, titled "The Battle of Shadow and Light." And this update included the Big Team Battle Playlist. Hey, guys, do you have Big Team Battle? Got it now. <laughs> and actually 48 new wrecks. So mm-hmm. you know, definitely pushing some stuff here. And we're just going to kind of go through and let you know the maps that are in here, if there's any like fun trivia on them. Um, yeah. I'm out of voices. I mean, I'm not out of voices. I have plenty of voices for days. <laughs> Jesse has used up all three and a half of his. <laughs> uh, but we have Basin, Deadlock, Guillotine, and Recurve. Um, and like I said, for most of these, I believe all of these were just the big team battle introductions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, they were added on there to, you know, give players like guillotine was basically a remake of, of headlong from halo two. And, and that's pretty much what most of these really were. You cut out Ma- Max Hoberman. And then you remake his maps. They do it again with Deadlock because Deadlock was stand- Halo Three standoff. So these <laughs> these I think in essence were fine. I think they brought back some of the better maps for Big Team mm-hmm. and put the you know the three four three spin on them, which is totally fine. Yeah. But this is really where we first get that intro into Big Team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next DLC we had was Cartographer's Gift, which was released December sixteenth, two thousand fifteen. It included an improved Forge mode. Four new multiplayer maps and 51 new wrecks for armors, weapons, emblems, and more. Mm -hmm. You know, so we had Alpine, Parallax, Glacier, Overgrowth, Battle of Noctis, Antifreeze, and Entombed Map. So this one was a kind of a meteor update as well. It was. I mean, it did have a couple more redos. Like Entombed, I believe, was Halo 2's Burial Mounds. Mm -hmm. And you had a couple other remakes with it. But... Still getting some more big team battles, you know, getting some specific infection maps, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool in this aspect of it. So th- once again, if you want to, you can't really knock what they're doing with this. And they're even experimenting because on Glacier, it had three skyboxes for midday, night and sunrise. Ooh. So so as far as like the aspect of really trying to put some content into this multiplayer and really push those rec packs is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I would say it's pretty good at this point. Now, I- I'll have an opinion at the end of this of kind of what we're talking about. Um, Ooh. But... Thus far, we're at least getting something that is is making it feel like that old school Halo, getting the DLCs, and kind mm-hmm. of improving on. Once they listen to the players and improving on what they want. Yeah, exactly. And you can't you can't complain. It's free. Exactly. Next up, we have Infinity's Armory, released on January twenty sixth, twenty sixteen. This update included two new maps, weapons, armor, armor skins, weapon skins, and forge options. Mm-hmm. We had Urban. And Riptide. Oh, now they're now they're just giving us these crappy small updates. How could they? But I will say we <laughs> did get Urban was a Warzone map, whereas yes. Riptide was more of this kind of really cool old school map that gave us the Halo Two battle rifle. Mm. But also some here you go some hashtag Easter egg walkthroughs for you. There's also four hidden grunt toys, a hidden Mister Meeseeks box from the show Rick and Morty. The occasional palosaur breach out of water, and you can see these three pelicans flying nearby. So mm-hmm. this was really where th- I love what they do. This they pack like either like pop culture things at the time, oh yeah, or like little things on the map for you to find to showcase that it's still a fun game or a goofy game. You know, something like that to like let 
a little bit of that lightness come out. Well, yeah, because we didn't have a lot of that really at all in Halo 4. No. But, you know, this is where they're like, I think it speaks volumes, and I I don't know if they ever actually said this, but saying, you know, have fun. Well, yeah, this was, you have to think, like, Halo 4 is kind of like the freshman, like super buttoned mm-hmm. up, trying to follow the rules, and now we're getting to, like, this senioritis <laughs> coming up of, like, ah, oh, put some cool stuff in there. That's yeah, pretty neat. I don't care. Yeah. But the next we have the Hammerstorm DLC, which was released February 24th, 2016, and included two multiplayer maps, new game modes, and weapons, along with, of course, rec packs and forge options. So we just had two for this one as well, which is Torque and Griff Ball Court. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, again... Griff Ball's always been such a staple, so still saying, hey, we're still paying attention to uh, Griff Ball as well. Yeah, because that's the thing. Not only did, did Rooster Teeth, you know, bring us red versus blue, they also brought Griff Ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, you know, the creators of this aspect. So it's really cool that, you know, they took a community-driven thing and actually made a specific court for it instead of having to create your own Forge map or mm-hmm. create Forge rules. At its aspect, which is, which is pretty neat. And I really like that Torque of itself is actually dedicated to community member, the CRZ Spartan, uh, who lost his two daughters to a house fire. One of their tribute names, Trinity and Lena, are spelled out by stars in the sky of the map. So I, it's, Which is incredible. It's really awesome. I mean, because that takes, you know, I don't want to say a little no effort for them to do, but to kind of reach out to a community member and like do a really cool memorial, I think is beautiful to have. And it doesn't affect the game. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, like no one can get mad at that. Yeah, no. Next up is Ghosts of Meridian, Ooh. a game that Jesse does not like, which is Man of Meridian. <laughs> Released on April 6, 2016, this update included two new multiplayer maps, weapons, vehicles, wrecks, and forge options. You had Tyrant and Skirmish at Darkstar. Ooh. 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 <laughs> uh, not too much on those, just some kind of just casual map. Skirmish Darkstar is a war zone. Mm. Tyrant's kind of a uh, mid-level eight-player map. Schmedium. Schmedium map. But you can see a grunt in Tyrant floating in space from time to time, Ooh. just doing its own thing. But next we Hashtag have- Easter egg walked. <laughs> Next, we have Memories of Reach DLC, which was released May 12th, 2016, and it included five new multiplayer maps, weapons, vehicles, wrecks, and forge options, which, you know, this is where we're starting to get uh, that armor from Halo Reach as well with mm-hmm. that Halo 5 mm-hmm. spin on it. So we did have Stasis, Malignant, Nerve Center, Riptide, and The Crypt, which uh, those last four were all just remixes for Infection. Yes, to make them very specific for that, mm-hmm. you know, to have this introduction into it, which is a really neat thing. And to, to retcon what I said earlier, not Infection. It was for more of a Warzone aspect on an earlier map I was talking about. Yeah. Because this is where we start to get Infection added into it. I was mm-hmm. reading way too far ahead on my notes. But with Stasis, the most important Easter egg is here, hashtag Easter egg walkthrough. There's a hidden snowman. Go find it. <laughs> You're welcome. And next up, we have Hogwild, the Hogwild DLC. Released May 31st, 2016, this update did not include much content due to changes in content release schedules. Instead, most of it was moved to the Warzone Firefight update. However, we did get some weapons, vehicles, wrecks, and forge options because they were going hog wild in that firefight dlc <laughs> which we did have the warzone firefight dlc which was released june 29 2016 including four new multiplayer maps game types weapons vehicles armor sets and more so the maps were molten title prospect and attack on sanctum yeah this is this is when uh jay-z started his music streaming service and they put a map in for it what was this? 
title. Oh, I never. Ah, uh, Jesse. Jesse's not cool with the kids. I see. I'm. I'm very not. I cool. don't know. Uh, that, it's a big thing. But anyway, I know Lemonade was released on that, and that was like the whole controversy. She wrote that album about him, but it was released on his streaming service. Jesse, I just didn't know the name. Jesse, the music guy. No, it doesn't know title. I love it. <laughs> anyway, uh, to go over to Molten. Fun fact: three hidden dead bodies that are accessed by teleporters, um, and you can go see them. Go through the teleporter. Ooh, I love seeing dead, Ooh, bodies, dead bodies in video games. Cool, <laughs> neat. And then in title, uh, another thing, another aspect I love when like they can change skybox, night and day stuff is there are four different skies available: clear, paradise, stormy, and meteor shower. Ooh! So it's when you put those fire tracks on, change it up. Yeah, but in prospect, the most important thing is that there are three bases on the on oh, the map. Oh, oh, do tell me what they are. Their first base. Uh huh. Their second base. Uh huh. And home plate. No, it. they're third base. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, an attack on Sanctum is is kind of cool because lore, lore building wise, this is a Warzone map where they actually added Jewel Umdama as mm-hmm. a boss. Yeah. So, which... so you know, something in there. We screwed his character over after building it up. Yeah. So let's just put him in Warzone. <laughs> uh, and next we have Anvil's Legacy. Released September 8th, 2016. This update included two new multiplayer maps, weapons, armor sets, and dare I say more. We had Mercy, um, which is a Temple of St. Helios, and Temple, which is not actually a remix of Mercy, but a remix of Sanctum, um, which became another Warzone Assault map. Mm -hmm. And next we have Monitor's Bounty DLC, which was released on December 8th, 2016, including two new maps, weapons, vehicles, armor sets, and more. Mm -hmm. Just assume that's every DLC. And more. more. Yeah, we won't go into and more, because that's too much. That's asking too much of us. Oh, I might. (laughs) But we did have Barons and depths for the two maps released and again barons had three different skyboxes of dust storm mm-hmm. shout out sunrise and twilight so a couple different things there and once again i know it's kind of a goofy customizable thing that maybe not a lot of people used or knew about but when you can change up gameplay like that like think of like gta like turning rain on putting night on like, it, mm-hmm. it changes up the gameplay in a certain aspect that doesn't I guess it does affect a little bit of that, but it doesn't truly, truly affect everything, but it'll at least like create you know, a new aspect, a little, little freshening up. Yeah, it just makes it fresh. So it, it's some, even just small aspects like that that change a map give it just a new breath of life. Exactly. Next, we have the Overtime DLC, which was released November 2nd, 2017. This update included game types, weapon skins, weapon tuning, and less. Just kidding. And more. <laughs> and finally... <laughs> For our final DLC wrap-up of this, we have the Global Giving DLC. This DLC was released to help raise funds for the disaster relief program Global Giving. It would come with five permanent rec items, which are guaranteed to be of ultra quality or higher, and ten boost cards, which are guaranteed to be of rare quality or higher. The relief and recovery rec pack could also be purchased for $10 with proceeds going toward Global Giving. Hell yeah. Heck yes. So to kind of sum that up, you know, because I want to jump in um, a little bit to because we're going to get to forge but i want to jump into more of the multiplayer aspect of the community and that's really where i think halo 5 shines is just so much content that users have been able to create with like staple maps created by users like staple game modes created by users that you know we've played like you know Funhouse. Where, you, where yeah. you're, you're trying to like play these games that are customized in there and the api is built into it and the oh, code yeah, is built into it to go into those things it's intense jenga you know, mm-hmm. like, like like a Warthog run, a Red Rover, all these game types that were staples in Halo 2, 3, 4, 
you know, all, reach kind of, and brought over to like this reality of being like not just a somewhat modified map that has like kill balls or teleporters, but to actually have coding built into it that really truly works. Yeah, and I think that at least for me in in, in 2020 with Halo Five is one of the saving graces of custom games. Yes. Because most of the maps, in my opinion, have just been muddied by having too many maps. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's it's tough when you're like, let's play a three four three map. Cool. There's no like box art or you know like art to go along with what the map kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. It's just generic rock, water, mountain, grass areas. Mm-hmm. You know? And and so that that was an issue that I've had with this. But overall, you have to thank three four three for staying dedicated to the game and, and really needing to, to put out a lot more content, whether it was lore building with like Julem Dama, mm-hmm. more armors to kind of keep getting you to play rec pack stuff and, and things like that. But to an earlier point we made, when they wanted to include microtransactions and do it well, I think they did in this instance of like continuing to give you content that you don't need to play the game, but as you unlock more and more and more, it's really cool to see it unlock and come with you and i know that's a whole controversy in of itself especially for like the cosmetics for armor yeah it's the same kind of thing with like does battle pass work in halo for armor you know what i mean mm-hmm. so so we'll, we'll see more as we talk about forge and more into esports of really how it's affected it mm-hmm. yeah which which esports is our next section so 343 industries admits that though they put effort into halo 4's esports scene it wasn't their biggest priority and it, and it does show mm-hmm it didn't help that the drastic changes that they made to the multiplayer hurt its esports scenes infinitely more. 343 Industries wanted to go back to the glory days of Halo 2 and 3's competitive scene and, and bring that to Halo 5. Mm-hmm. So they would add arena to their multiplayer, giving all the players the same loadouts, having specific maps designed just for that game mode. All of this, you know, to give it just that esports feel. There's also a spectate mode to have players stream the match. So that's yes. really huge. You can just come in and just watch this this go down if that's really what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, if you're following your favorite team mm-hmm. or a streamer or someone, and you can kind of get in that action. Mm-hmm. And producer Josh Holmes had this to say about it. Competitive multiplayer is an important part of Halo's DNA and something we're very passionate about. It's why we decided to have the Halo 5 Guardians multiplayer beta focus on our roots, the competitive Halo arena shooter experience, which was the core of Halo multiplayer in Halo 2 and continues to be a central pillar in our Halo five guardians multiplayer experience yeah so so you could definitely tell i mean like we said with the arena aspects of it Mm -hmm. and and pushing more of those things and it really you really feel it Mm -hmm. but after the end of the second season of the halo championship series for halo 2a the league would officially move over to halo 5 yeah and the halo world championship series featured over 1 million in fundraised prize money in August of 2015, so so really ramping it up for that. Yeah, and the total cap for this moolah was at 2.5 million when donations and support started pouring in, resulting in the largest money pool in console esports history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you also remember that a lot of money as well. Like the reason that they can start playing these or paying these these pro players more is because they're taking money from the rec packs, mm-hmm. and so it's. By default, it's coming from the community, so it's not all going to Microsoft's pockets. I don't know the exact ratio here, but 
But there's at least know. enough to kind of oh, yeah. pull it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2016, 343 Industries and Pilgrim Media Group struck a deal to develop a reality competition based around Halo 5 esports in collaboration with Lionsgate and ESL, the world's largest esports company. The competition series was set to bring a weekly championship series tournament in North America and Europe with a Halo World Championship yearly. The idea came as the esports industry was expected to grow from a $200 million industry to a $1 billion industry by 2018. The television show would fall through, however, adding to the list of failed Halo adaptations for the small screen. Mm-hmm. And we still have, you know, the HCS still going on today. Yes. You know, as of this recording, I believe a couple weeks ago, I watched uh, one of the tourneys they had. And I mean, it's interesting. You're having tiny prize pools nowadays, mm-hmm. but it's still a marketing tactic and still keeping, you know, hardcore players being able to come in, compete against each other, and at least have a stage that's not just like, you know, a Twitch tournament or something like that, even though Twitch Rivals is pretty much like the new go-to for esports tourneys in a way, because it's actually like basically your Twitch celebrities are now playing against each other. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, So there's at least something going on with that. Yeah. Now, jumping over to what we were talking about before was Forge. Yes. And the new direction for Forge was simple. 343 Industries wanted players to have the ability to build quickly and easily and kind of do whatever they wanted. Mm Mm-hmm. 343 looked to the community and what they wanted in Forge and gave it to them. Producer Josh Holmes would state that this rendition of Forge would be the biggest evolution of its kind since Forge's inception. The lighting has been updated, more textures were added, objects can now have a color assigned to them, and a group of objects can be locked together and move as one entity. 343 Industries would bring in five prominent Halo community members who had been creating in Forge since Halo 3 for a total of a week to, to just rigorously test, you know, Halo's new Forge mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and watching the video from them, of course, they could have been lying because they were being filmed, but they, they all they all absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And seeing especially those those hardcore Halo Forgers, which, you know, it, the quality of life alone yes. for Forge was increased dramatically, along with just everything you could do. Like Yeah, and this and that's what I was bringing up earlier, is, is just the, the game modes, the maps, the, the, the styles. I mean, there's just so much there, whether it's built on pop culture, whether it's built on a, you know, a movie aspect of something, yes. or, you know, Halo lore, it's in there. Yes. And it, it has brought such a breath of life to multiplayer and goofiness. Like, one of my personal favorites is that Rainbow Roadie one where everyone's on a mongoose. Oh, yeah. And it's all fiesta. So you spawn with random weapons, but the goal is to get to the end or wipe your opponents out as you're driving there. <laughs> so so that one is such a good time that, like, when you play, like, 10 rounds, it feels like one. Like, it just feels so quick and fun mm-hmm. and, like, oh, we got to take yellow down. Everyone focus yellow team or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those things in this game was what really, like... The inkling that I've been on Halo 5 is what's brought me back to it, mm-hmm. you know, and we start to see a lot more of that just in these early days because fan created maps from Forge would start to make their way into matchmaking, mm-hmm. which was crazy, you know, with yeah. their own dedicated playlist for them. And, you know, even though Halo 5 isn't on PC yet, maybe ever, they had Forge on there. Mm-hmm. It was launched on Windows 10 September 8th, 2016 for free. It would also come with the ability to play custom games on the PC, so they actually be able to play and test the maps yeah. out and, and have those aspects of it. All content created on either the console or the PC Forge would be cross-platform. Forge on PC also didn't need any kind of state-of-the-art P3 
PC, you know, it can run on older rigs, and in some cases, you know, just kind of like an older laptop. Not oh. your Chromebook. Get those out of here. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, let's. I'm, I'm going to try it on my MacBook and then realize it can't play because that's every game I download from Steam. It can play. You just need to boot camp it. <laughs> All right. Now, let's move on to one of my favorite sections. As always, let's move on to the music section. So when asked about the creation of Halo 5 soundtrack, composer Kazuma Janushi had this to say, quote, my process was to take all the musical elements from Halo 1, 2, 3, and 4 and say, okay, we have this theme for this type of moment. We have a lot of that for our legacy. Moving forward, I had to take them and make sense against what we see and what we experience in Halo 5. I rearranged a lot of them in a way that the tone is still Halo 5, but you do pay homage to previous titles. We didn't want to miss the themes from the past. The somewhat disastrous release of Halo MCC, along with some backlash from the non-Halo sounding music in Halo 4, killed some of 343 Industries' confidence for creating Halo 5. They realized they could not mess up the music again, and Kazuma decided that the classic Halo sound was a priority. Feeling that Neil Davidge's score lacked some, quote, strong music pieces, which the fans really love, in Halo 4, Kazuma wanted the Halo 5 soundtrack to be memorable. He did this by asking for user feedback nearly every day in order to help create what he calls, you know, the leaping point for Halo's music. Halo 5's main theme would even accidentally, you know, leak online before the game's release. Before Halo, Kazuma had never worked on music for a first-person shooter, but he knew the importance of Halo's past musical legacy as well as its future. He explained, quote, This music doesn't necessarily explain what kind of situation you're in from a gameplay perspective. It should explain why it's happening. It's more about how modern gaming music should be. Yeah, so Kazuma wanted the soundtrack to be cohesive and under one large, you know, quote-unquote, Halo umbrella. The introduction of Spartan Lock into the universe allowed Kazuma to bring new sounds to the Halo soundtrack too, establishing a new synthesizer sound to interact with the traditional orchestral atmosphere of past Halo games. Together, the energy of the rhythmic synthesizer combined with the affinity of the orchestra would create the big sound that players wanted during action, but also reflectively in between the fights. So you can kind of tell whose music is where, almost. Mm -hmm. Kazuma Jinoshi would eventually leave 343 Industries after working for seven years as an in-house composer on both Halo 4 and Halo 5. Which is unfortunate because I really do like Halo 5 soundtrack. I think it really does give that classic sound that kind of Davidge, you know, wasn't able to give us in Halo 4. And I've seen a lot of people saying it's just not as good or it's really copying Halo, you know, the the Marty days. But I think it's good. I think it's a good interpretive spin I, on things. I think better. Hot take. Hot take. But Halo 5 soundtrack includes 39 pieces of music spread over a two-disc set with a total length of two hours and 13 minutes and 10 seconds. Six tracks were recorded with a 30-person choir at, at Rodolfinum in Prague, Czech Republic, while the orchestral tracks were recorded by Abbey Road Studios in London. For a short time between the release of the game and the official release of the soundtrack, the music would be available to listen for free on SoundCloud. 
When released, there would be several formats available to fans. But you know, you had your your digital editions for like iTunes and Amazon. You know, you as well has a, a CD version. But they did do a run of clear vinyl copies that were only a thousand available. I, I wish they would do more. I love that stuff. Even Dude, if you don't have like yes. a record player or something, it's a cool art piece to show off. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's just such a neat aspect of it. I get it. It's expensive to do, and, and mm-hmm. you can't guarantee sales. But I mean, coming up from you know, 15 through 20, you couldn't get those sales going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lastly, the limited edition soundtrack included two CDs, a double vinyl album, orchestral sheet music of the song Jameson Locke, and a digital download card featuring the exclusive bonus tracks On Deck and Prelude number four, Le Son Était Perfou, Tonté de Dans La Desso, all for $49.99. And to jump over to, uh, you know, wrap this up, little little trivia little trivia bits for you. Little, uh-huh. little, little nuggets of trivia. Halo 5's mixing engineer, Alex Meyerson, had worked on popular movies such as Dunkirk, The Dark Knight, and Interstellar. So, fantastic soundtrack, fantastic soundtrack. I dare say fantastic soundtrack. Absolutely. We also have the, you know, the bonus track preludes number four is a piece of music from Claude Debussy's 24 preludes translated to the sounds and fragrances swirl through the evening air. So when Jesse was doing this off mic, trying to do this French, your parfumes that you said, it is smell. You did did well with the fragrances. You did well. Uh, This particular piece of music appears several times in Halo lore. You know, mostly associating themselves with Dr. Halsey and Cortana. Like these, these mentions are included in Ghost of Onyx when Dr. Halsey requested to be played by Gerard while aboard the Beatrice. It can be heard when Halsey transfers Cortana on Reach right before the glassing. And Fireteam Osiris hears it being played when they find Halsey being held on Kamchatka and later when Cortana hums it while taking control of a Halo ring. It can also be heard on the Warzone level Battle of Noctis near the art structure inside the monument. So they really, really wanted to have this really cool kind of lore building with it, mm-hmm. which I think is so neat to have through this. Yeah, it's like, it's bizarre, something you never think of, and someone actually is like, wait, they're using this particular piece when it comes to, like, Halsey and Cortana. Yeah, and I love, like, the, like even, like, the Cortana humming aspect of mm-hmm. it, just, just to tie mm-hmm. those in. is really cool. And finally, to wrap it up, Michael Salvatore thought that Kazuma did a wonderful job on the soundtrack and felt happy, you know, to hear that original theme that he put together. Yeah, I remember Michael Salvatore, you know, has been with Marty O'Donnell for, you know, 10 or 20 years or 20 or 30 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they were before they split with Bungie. But, yeah, he had talked. I was listening to an interview with him and he had talked about just like, I don't think he had listened to the Halo 4 one. But he's like, yeah, I like, you know, just start playing soundtrack and. All these years later, just hearing that iconic, you know, monk, yeah, like monk chant, it's like incredible to hear, and and then that's what got him to get to listen to the rest of the soundtrack. So, I think that's that's awesome. But now let's move on to the release versions. So, you know, we do have the standard and the OG, the OG for the Xbox One, but we also have the limited edition, which would include Warzone Rec bundles, uh, you know, uniquely designed Spartan themed steelbook case, a Guardian model by Metal Earth. My buddy actually had this. It was like this little, I want to say two inch tall model that you had to build. That's cool. He hated it. Because yeah. it, it was it was because meti- of how meticulous it was oh, to yeah. build because it was like a a sheet of metal mm-hmm. dossiers on blue team and fire team Osiris Spartan locks classified orders Halo the fall of reach animated series which you could just throw that away I like this they just say like I don't know Nightfall whatever you want <laughs> an Xbox Live Gold fourteen day trial to jump up to that dossier this is probably one of I think Reach knocked it out of the park as much as I want to just like say it didn't. 
It knocked out of the park with its collector's edition stuff. Yes. Easily. So did Halo 3. This dossier is amazing. It's the first time we get any concrete lore or info on any of the Spartans, really. And it's a really amazing breakdown of, like, where they came from, mm-hmm. what planetary systems, like, who are they in contact with, age, weight, where were they, you know, where were they born, where were the city. It's a really cool thing if no one's checked it mm-hmm. out. They're available online. I forget what the website was because I was looking them up a while back. Someone's actually scanned them all in. So you can actually see uh, them all. Oh, so like PDFs and, of yep, them all? And read awesome. through it. And it's, it's really cool to see. Definitely recommend it. But next we have the collector's edition. The edition of the game would come with, you know, basically everything that limited edition came with, but it would also have Master Chief and Spartan Lock bookend that would come with it as well. So you can use it for your book collection. Hey, I don't it, know. it depends. That battle might be closer than you think, depending on how many books you got. But it wouldn't actually come with a physical edition of the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you still had that the steelbook case. But Microsoft would allow players to receive a physical copy of the game if they already owned a digital version of it as well. So you double bought it, basically. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, uh, you know, Xbox One had a Halo 5 limited edition version of it that would come with one terabyte of memory. Mm -hmm. And and in my opinion, not much to say about that console. The the design was bland. No. Same with, like, the Halo. I will say this. I don't really think that... The Halo consoles have ever been anything like that stuck out. You no, know? the 360 one was okay with like mm-hmm. being green and the button being orange. Yeah, what was was neat, but it was almost like you just skinned it. You didn't like 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 I love like the the Star Wars one for Xbox mm-hmm. 360 where it, like R two D two would make the noise when mm-hmm. you open the disc tray. Oh and start yeah, it up. yeah, yeah. You know Star Wars ones and like some other custom ones that were in there, and these just felt like meh. This this one did have like the sounds were a little different, the the lights were a little sure. different, but that was it. I mean, even the Halo Reach one to me was just kind of like meh. But in 2017, Frank O'Connor stated that a PC port of the game isn't out of the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. but there's nothing set in stone. When asked about this comment on Twitter, O'Connor would reply with quote. I didn't mention it. I was asked a question and gave the same non-committal answer I've been giving to that question for ten years. So got a little uh, annoyed a little, a little testy with it, which which I get. It's one of those PR things. If if I say no and it comes out, who said no? It's kind of those things. It's not out of mm-hmm. realm of possibility. We may do it. Yeah, Microsoft may go. We need it on PC now, and we go. Sounds good. Like let's hire a team to put it on there. Yeah, you know. So it's it's one of those things where. No matter how much you're asked, you're going to get the exact same answer unless they're like, release date, here you go. Yeah, uh, like you're almost never going to hear no, but you're you're just going to hear, yeah, maybe one day. Because yeah. then that it's supposed to get people off your back. Now, in 2018, the Microsoft website would list Halo 5 as an Xbox One and Windows 10 game. This would lead many to speculate that the game would be coming to PC. But Microsoft would quickly let fans know that this was simply a mistake on the website. Don't know how you do that. But oh well. Yeah. And in March of 2019, during an interview about the Master Chief Collection, when asked if Halo 5 would come to PC or not, Brian Gerard would state, quote, Our focus is bringing MCC and Reach to PC, and there are no current plans to bring over Halo 5. Yeah, and the only other, like, trivia of, if you want to call it quote-unquote releases, is at the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak. In, was that March, I believe? Yes. They started it, March mm-hmm. or April they started it, to kind of encourage fans to, I guess, keep playing Halo, but also as like a thank you, they released 50 legendary XP packs for Warzone and 50 legendary XP packs for Arena, which I believe was then doubled again. So you could have like 100 
from them. I believe mm-hmm. that was the case, but that's like the only other release aspect we've gotten from it was kind of a relief aspect mm-hmm. in terms of getting you to play more and trying to grind to that 152, getting yeah. on up there, mm-hmm. attempting it. Yep. Now let's go on to the general reception and general reaction of this game. How did people take it? You know, what kind of legacy is it leaving right now? It is only a five-year-old game. The morning before the release of Halo 5, all of 343 Industries would gather across the street from the Kirkland Performance Arts Center and raise their plastic cups of champagne in celebration of the launch of the game. Halo 5, without a doubt, was one of the most anticipated shooters of 2015, if not one of the most anticipated Halo games to date. They also needed to right the wrong of the broken Master Chief Collection launch and would assure players that the launch of Halo 5 would be nothing like the launch of MCC. Luckily for Halo 5's multiplayer, the launch was pretty smooth. No thanks to that beta. Mm-hmm. Feedback from Halo 5's release was very staggered, though, with praise to the soundtrack and multiplayer, but disappointment in the campaign and the microtransactions. The biggest complaint would come in the form of Master Chief's lack of appearance in the game. Halo 5's marketing team would portray Spartan Locke as the primary character of the game, despite Frank O'Connor promising fans that Master Chief was still the main leader. Lead. Out of the 15 campaign missions, however, Master Chief would only be playable in three of them. Those disappointed in the game also pointed out how flat of a character Master Chief seemed, even with the exciting appearance of Blue Team alongside him. The goal of 343 Industries was to show a different side of Master Chief while also adding personalities of new characters. When asked about how the backlash from Halo 5 would affect Halo Infinite, Frank O'Connor would state, quote, It wasn't that surprising to me, but the volume of Give Us More Chief at the end of Halo 5 was significant, and so I think, if anything, he's slightly more important now than he's ever been. Slightly. Slightly. (laughs) Doubling down on Master Chief's story and the amount of focus on him was probably the easiest learning from Halo 5. You think? Mm -hmm. You think? You know, I I could deal with a game without him. (laughs) 343 Industries relied on players having read an extensive amount of outside material in order to understand the plot significantly in Halo 5. Even though Frank O'Connor stated in the past that only 1% of Halo fans read the books. Many fans would thus criticize 343 for making Halo 5 far too complex to understand, even for longtime Halo fans. Frank O'Connor has also debated the idea that Cortana is evil after seeing complaints online. He would state that she may not actually be evil. Yeah, because people have, I've seen him where they're like, why would you make Cortana evil? And he goes, what makes you think she's evil? Maybe she thinks she's good. And it's like, yeah, you donut. We, uh, that's obviously the point. We you just donut. don't like that. <laughs> you donut. And to move on to some numbers for you, Halo 5 cost an estimated 100 to $250 million to produce, with sales for the game around $400 million during the first weekend of sales. Microsoft denies any figures presented to them with speculation of development costs, though. Nonetheless, it would be the fastest-selling Xbox One and Halo title of all time. Halo 5 made Halo a $5 billion franchise. Look at that. Halo 5, 5 billion. Got him. Illuminati. It would outsell <laughs> Assassin's Creed Syndicate by 50% easily, as well as the Master Chief Collection by 50%. The game would also get the Guinness World Records title for the most watched video game launch broadcast with over 330,000 watching the stream. Overall, the game was successful, but not for every region. Halo 5 was the lowest selling mainline Halo title to date in the UK. 
it would still manage to outsell Assassin's Creed Syndicate and WWE 2K in the region, though. Keep in mind, sales figures from Halo Combat Evolved in the UK are unknown, but it still sold 50% less than Halo 4 did there, only selling about 150,000 units. The game would see the same demise in Japan, debuting at 11 at the top best-selling 20 games that month, but still fell short compared to past games, making it the lowest-selling mainline Halo title in Japan as well only selling 7,455 copies, with Halo 4 selling over 31,000 copies. Mm -hmm. It didn't even outsell Halo Wars there. Three months after the game was released, it would hit over 5 million copies sold worldwide. Worldwide, exactly. Fans were obviously, you know, pissed off that a mainline Halo game didn't really feature the Master Chief at all. And after spending all of Halo 4 making him an emotional character, someone that we're trying to, like, divest into... Mm -hmm. They undid all that. Narrative lead Brian Reed said that was actually the goal. 343 Industries wanted to expand the Halo universe and felt that focusing on other playable characters would do such. He would stress that it's still a Master Chief story, but an extended one. It's, yeah. it's kind of like when you're in the anime and then you have like three other groups kind of join in and it's mm -hmm. like a big person anime. Halo is a big person anime now, mm -hmm. some might say. <laughs> uh, Bonnie Ross would also state that in a different interview that you could only tell Chief's story through his eyes for so long more perspectives were needed to expand his story I 100% agree with that I just don't know if the implementation and the expectation was set up in that game for it. No, they weren't telling Chief's story. They really weren't. They were just, he was just trying to find Cortana. That has nothing to do yeah, with like. I, I think they were telling Chief's story through a side story. Like yes. it was his story to go find Cortana, but it was Locke's story of watching Chief's story go down. Yeah, if, that was, make, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it's silly. It's, it's kind of like with Reach at the end, you're like, we're part of the Master Chief story too. Because there he is. Yeah. If you turn your head real fast in the cutscene. Really yeah, you're bringing Cortana's companion to Master Chief, so it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's silly. Despite the backlash of the game, Halo 5's retention rate would be miles ahead of Halo 4's, and for a few years after the release, the game would have as many active players as Halo 3 did. Here's a quote from Frank O'Connor about this. Moving on now, let's talk about a uh, quote from Frank O'Connor regarding the game. We definitely marketed Halo 5 in a way that we hoped was going to bring surprise. But for some fans, and certainly fans of Master Chief, it was a huge disappointment because they wanted more Chief. And that has been a big learning experience. Microsoft has also stated that they will be more considerate about how they market future Halo titles. O'Connor has also stated about the Hunt the Truth podcast, quote, I think this is one of the reasons our Hunt the Truth tie-in podcast worked so well. It was that we're using a fully established medium for telling stories. And I hate to say this because so much work goes into Hunt the Truth, but it's easier than making a game. You can control what people are listening to in a radio play, taking them down a very linear process. So this was, this was I, to give context to this, this was an interview where they were like, why did Hunt the Truth kind of do so well? Mm -hmm. And why is Halo 5 kind of different? And he kind of was like, well, it's easier to do that than a video game. Yeah, and I get the idea. And I get the idea of the, the linear process. Like you guide, you handhold down yeah. this radio program mm -hmm. where you can't do the story. I, I vaguely agree with that, but I think overall – 
it's more so that kind of cop out mentality. Of absolutely, it. absolutely. Yeah, but but moving on, let's move to some scores and and some awards that we're getting with Halo Five. I mean, some notable ones we're seeing is Polygon giving it a nine out of ten, Games Trailers nine out of ten. We're getting plenty of those top ones. Nothing too bad. The closest we're really getting to that is Destructoid gave it a seven out of ten. But for and Games TM, you know, your trusted source for too many games, TM. <laughs> um, six out of ten. So I mean, it it varies, but for the most part, you're looking at a high eight, a low mm-hmm. nine for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. And awards wise, IGN gave it the uh, best of 2015 award for an audible mention for best competitive multiplayer. The Game Revolution of 2015 gave it the best multiplayer and best shooter. And Motion Pictures Sound Editions USA won, giving it the best sound editing computer interactive entertainment. So I mean, it it, it definitely won for the scores, and it had. A lot for innovation multiplayer, nothing for the campaign or story. <laughs> yeah. And so Polygon's Arthur Geese would say 343 Industries had much to prove after Halo 4's lack of a multiplayer base, as well as the failures within Halo MCC on release. In response to Halo 5, he wrote, quote, 343 has returned to the fundamentals of what made the series great in the first place. The studio has brought Halo's mechanics kicking and screaming into the modern era while providing the most bombastic, co-op-driven campaign in Halo history. On the flip side, Timothy J. Sapala of Engadget felt that this was the first time Halo's campaign had taken a step back from the previous games, stating, quote, Instead of addressing what 343 Industries got wrong with Halo 4 and doubling down on what they did right, the team fundamentally altered how a Halo campaign works to horrendous results. GameSpot praised Halo 5's multiplayer as being the greatest leap Halo's ever taken particularly taking away the weapon loadouts and unlocks in Halo 4. They also considered Warzone to be one of the, quote, best new ideas in both the Halo franchise and the genre, praising the mobile-like mechanics and environments, saying, quote, As with the rest of Halo 5, there is momentum here, but this is a force that shifts from side to side with each match. Warzone isn't so much about consistency, it's about adaptability. And the team that can roll with the punches and punch back at the right moments will have the upper hand. Now, 343 Industries has since promised that there will be much more Chief in Halo Infinite. Director of Player Voice Justin Roby said, quote, Halo is one of those franchises that we have a lot of players who are probably going to come back when we release Halo Infinite, and we just want to make sure as it gets in there that people aren't lost, which is one of the things that people complain about with Halo 5. So it's making sure that there's enough meat and awesome, meat and awesome, Sure. That's my new nickname. That's I, I'm meat. You're awesome. <laughs> so it's making sure that there's enough meat and awesome for the fans and that at the same time, it's approachable for people who are coming back in. 343 Industries would also confirm that there would be no new playable characters in Halo Infinite. Believe it or not, 343 Industries started concepting the idea of a Halo 5.5 or a Halo 6 ODST style game. But Xbox president Phil Spencer ultimately shut this idea down. Mm -hmm. Spencer felt that the game could ultimately hurt the franchise. The game, you know, would also take time away from Halo Infinite's development. And finally, a year after Halo 5 released, Josh Holmes would leave 343 Industries to be an indie developer avoiding AAA titles. Yeah, and and to give us overall before the opinion, you know, this was kind of the jump into modern gaming. Yes. I I think for Halo. I think Halo 4 kind of got you there, but Halo 5 brought in the game modes, brought in the aspect, brought in different 
things that either people loved or hated, but it still worked on those realms. So I think as a game overall, you're seeing Halo 5 ushering in a new idea to the shooter. Does it bring it? Is it too outdated? You know, I think that's what we can kind of discuss now. Mm-hmm. And and I will, of course, let Jesse, uh, let me start it off. So this is the part, you know, as Alex just said, where we go into our opinions and we talk about what we feel about the game. So as always, Alex. Oh, 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 thank you for letting me thank me for thanking you. I appreciate that. Well, thank that. you for letting me. Oh, of course. I'm always yeah. here for that. Please start it off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've heard my opinion throughout this. But I I do not enjoy the Halo, the fifth one, some might say, the Halo <laughs> 5. Um, I thought the campaign was dreary, boring, repetitive. Um, I'm not sure why you had downtime missions in a Halo game. Yeah. I, I get the idea of exploration. That was kind of cool, but it's not Halo. And and before you come like, oh, well, Halo adapts. Like, you're just an old school player. Like, this, this, that. But when have you had a game that just fully shifts entire focuses like that within a franchise? You can have it, but it just felt forced. It felt like we have so many missions. And some walk-around ones in there that equate to, like, the same amount the other games had. You have an eavesdrop mission. Cool. Who doesn't love escorts and eavesdrops missions? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, you had that stuff in there, which tried to turn it up. I mean, I thought the story was meh. I hate that Master Chief and Cortana like a love interest. Whether they say it or not, it's just gross. Yeah. It's just weird. Um, You had the worst fight scene in gaming history Mm -hmm. um, with the slowest punches that, like, you could have two random people in the street do better. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, that's the campaign. I will say the saving grace, as a lot of reviewers did say, is the multiplayer. And the rewards, you know, the awards, I should say, uh, reflect that. Sound design's beautiful. Music's beautiful. Yeah. And the multiplayer left a lot for everyone to do. Like I said, I'm more of like a Firefight Warzone or a custom game type dude. I'm not a serious game player in these days. I'm mm-hmm. retired. I've hung those gloves up. <laughs> I look at my golden gloves up there and go... One day again. One day, baby. We'll but, come back to it. But never again. So so for me, it's the casual stuff. It's the game nights. It's mm-hmm. the playing with friends with it. It's it's the being fully cooled and not in a pool of sweat type games. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just, it's just not there. And I'm not 100% who they built this game for. I know they built Arena, like we said, more for the competitive. And it did yeah. pick up a bit. It uptick. I mean, it also helped having Mixer and having that be a, a priority. I think it ended up hurting in, in the long run, as we he- see today. Mixer closing and, and Halo, yeah. Halo trying to get a foothold on Twitch. But it's just it's just one of those things where, you know, it's been a really hard strike one. It's been a close call, like a foul ball strike two, I would say. A foul, I'd say strike foul. Say it's, it's, it's a foul ball in home run territory. Yeah. It definitely tried to get there. Mm-hmm. Infinite's got to be that, like, fastball down the middle crush it down center like the, absolutely it, it has to be that because mm-hmm. um, because for this game you know I, I i'm talking with a lot of the younger kids that like are in our discord and stuff that halo 4 is their first intro or halo 5 is their first intro and they loved it i totally understand that yes but when you've when i've grown up with the release of ce i've played everything and granted i did fall off for a bit but coming back i, I didn't get a spark at all playing the campaign or feeling connected to these characters. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, good on them for attempting to use the, uh, buddy system. What's, what's that called? The group system where you got like squad, squad. Thank you. The squad system. I just abused the hell out of that. I would just run in and just die and be like, they'll pick me up. 
Yeah, I mean that was like the saving grace, essentially. Yeah, or like like you said, like you. Know, I remember last episode, you're like, I never used the commands. I was like, I use the commands to just sacrifice them. I just forgot that they were there, yeah, and I, I totally understand that. I mean, that's kind of like when the Connect came out, and they were like, yell commands to people at games, and it's like that's not going to work. No yeah, one wants no. that. So 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 yeah, for the most part, like I said, it's it's a game that it's okay, not the best, not the worst, but it's definitely an intro into the Halo timeline that is going to be on the bottom 50% for me. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, as we had said, if you like this game, like, before I dive into it, that's fine. Like, people on our Discord will tell us, I did like the game, and we're, we're ne- we've are we're we never attacked them and been like, well, why? That game was so freaking stupid. If you like the game, that's perfectly fine with mm-hmm. us. And, I mean, if you've been listening to this, I think... Even in our episode zero, we had mentioned like, oh, just wait until we get to Halo 5 Um, because we've been talking about it for a long time. And for me, you know, Halo's always been a story driven game for me. You know, I really I need to connect with the campaign. It needs to be amazing. And the story really needs to knock me on my ass for Halo sure. 5. It didn't. I I remember at the time I forgot for whatever reason um, when it first came out, my buddy had actually had it, um, and I hadn't picked it up yet, and we were living with each other, so I was like, hey, can I just borrow it and play it? Sure. I played it, and um, I, I think I just played it one afternoon, start to finish, and he like walked in where I was done. I was like, so he's like, so what'd you think about it? Because he hadn't finished it yet. I think he barely even started. And he, I was like, you play Chief for like two missions. And he's like, no, you don't. I was like... Yeah, you do. And then he like the next day was like, "You're serious? You only played Chief for two, two or three missions?" I was like, "Yeah." So for me, the multiplayer, yes, was great. Like no denying that the re- the replayability is there. Forge, Forge, I think, just transformed like what we can do with yes. those custom games, as you said. But yeah, for the campaign, for me, I think it's my least favorite one. And to jump in one one bit real quick with the campaign, you know, someone coming back playing Halo 4 and Halo 5 almost the same time after kind of being out of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, with both games, I'm like, what? <laughs> what is yeah. this? Yeah. It's... You know, and, and not reading the extra materials, I'm like, oh, Holly's in the game now. Why does she only have one arm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... like and, 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 like, with not knowing who Jewel Dama was or any of that stuff at the time, yeah. like, like, I'm like, oh, they just, like, murdered these elites and, like, went. I'm like, oh! Now I know that they murdered this basically zealot who started an yes. entire new covenant, basically, of, of on its own, and then it just went, bloop, bloop, see you later. Yeah, and I mean, 343, I think, has been coming, I think, so they came into this this franchise with a chip on their shoulder, through and through, uh, and I know people are going to be upset, because people have been upset before when we've said certain things about 343. I'm going to say them again, I really don't care, because it's my opinion. If you don't like it, oh well. The point is, is that 343 Industries has drastically changed the game because they they came in with a chip on their shoulder. We learned about it in Halo 4. They built a, 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 a they had this build of Halo, but it felt too familiar to the original Halo franchise. So they scrapped it, which when you're coming in like this, your sole purpose is to sell people that you can make a Halo game, not that you can take the Halo universe in a different direction, even on you know, our part one of this series, Josh Holmes had said, you guys are all going to say, what are you doing to Halo? Even though you jokingly said that, you can't say that to your employees. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are going to all think we're crazy. Ha ha ha. Because we are. You can't 
do that. You can't take a game like that and take it in such a different direction. You can't advertise to people that it is a chief story and then put them in three out of 15 missions. You, you, I need to calm down. But the point is, is that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I kind of tuned you out. <laughs> but no, so so really it's just, I think they're, they're taking the series a little too far. I think this, the the true fan feedback from this game humbled them. They have since came out and basically said, sorry guys, we kind of, you know, missed the mark on this one. And we'll see what happens with Infinite. But, you know, end rant for me, I'm going to give this game, so it's hard because I want to give it a 2 out of 10 simply because of the campaign, but I can't. Because I have to look at it as a whole game with the multiplayer. Yes, everything that's what the game else. is. Yeah. Yes, I. But I'm just saying. So I, I want to say six and a half or seven out of ten. I would say that. I would say it's it's saved by the community. Mm-hmm. It's saved by the player base. Um, I mean, that's what pushed the DLCs. That's what yes. pushed big team battle. That's what pushed infection. Um, it's definitely saved that way. If I had to do it, I would do like one weak ass fight scene fought by two marshmallows. <laughs> um, <laughs> divide that by. Uh, the creepy love story of Chief and Cortana. Add in kind of cool vehicles you get to do, minus Yerp, Yerp, Derp, Derp, the grunt. He's the one in space. That's Yerp, Yerp, Derp, Derp. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, 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 square it. Square it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by the pipe gun. See, Jesse wasn't at game night, so he doesn't get this. You missed all the game night fun. Um, I'm sorry. But yeah, multiply it by, by, by some, some, some pipe guns and some 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 murder guns and some other fun stuff that's in game modes because that's the only thing I like to play. That's squared it, by the way. But then, uh, obviously, decimal point it by cool voice acting. Probably out of Man of Medan. I, I think our scores are roughly the same on that. Yeah, mine, mine might be a little higher or a little lower. Who knows? <laughs> but that was our coverage of Halo 5. Research was done by Jesse Reiners and Evan Barr. And additional research was done by Teddy. Mm-hmm. And also, additional research, a.k.a. additional beautiful funds and a beautiful support, um, is by our patrons. Mm-hmm. If you want to sign up today, our Patreon. Um, we have a bunch of cool content, whether it's prints, bonus episodes, exclusive game nights, Cool T-shirts, other fun stuff. Check it out. One thing else to get is a little bit of little shout out, little shoot oot, some moot sue. <laughs> uh, we have Charles Zitter, Tactics, Skyjack, Harvey Chong, Brendan Reshatar, Anger Canadian, ZZ Slipaway, Grant Dillon, Duststorm, Mister Cholf, Fong Feliciano, Dragonfire, James Yervasi, Jonas, D Gamer twelve ninety eight, Alejandro Jaramillo, Dilfix, Quantum Easy. That LL Gamer Guy, Jamie Sneed, McCray Austin, Mega, Thomas Goulding, Nick Hyman, Tuna0317, Brandon Christian, Richard Scanlon, Let Me Be Frank, Mick Chief, Welsh, Big Papa Semichki, Grant, ODST, Loki2014, and Nathan Vandervoort. Thank you all so much for your support. And if you want to sign up for Patreon today, it is over at patreon.com slash finish the fight. Yeah, and I mean, if you have any questions about that, you know, feel free to give us a message on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, where we all are. You can follow us on there. And, you know, as well as join our Discord, it's it's free for any and all. You know, we do have a private channel just for our patrons. And if you do want to listen to the podcast on any other kind of platform, we're on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, just anything you could think of. If you do want to go leave us a written and starred reviewed on iTunes, I would appreciate that greatly. As we said, that was our coverage of Halo 5 in the two-part series. 
the next episode we will be covering is Halo Wars 2. So strap in for that. Get ready. I am your host, Jesse Reiners. And I am your host, Alex Kendall. Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. Halo. It's finished. No. I think we're just getting started.